We just love you guys, and we love coming here, and we just feel like you're our family, and we appreciate all that you're doing for our ministry in East Africa. And continue to pray for them, because they really are struggling with a drought right now, and tribal warfare has been breaking out in certain areas, so they really do need your prayers. We love you. God bless you. Now, she's really the big part of our ministry. I'm telling you, because if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't be here. I would be lost somewhere in the bush of Africa. Because <laughs> I have no sense of direction. So, you know, I just get in the truck and I go, let's head towards that mountain. <laughs> and it's like, we don't need a road. <laughs> And people live everywhere out there, so she really does. She makes sure that I make it home, and uh, she makes sure that I'm not broke and don't give everything away. Uh, So she really is, I mean, she's a big part of what we do. You know, she's behind the scene. You don't see her. You don't hear much from her. But uh, she really is uh, a major, major part of our ministry. You know, she's the hands. She's the feet. uh, She's the heart. I'm just the mouth. (laughs) But, uh, wow, I'm looking for Malia. Is she here yet? Oh, excuse me. I know your cameras won't get this, but uh, I have to come hug her. Oh, she's my superhero. I love you. God bless you. <laughs> uh, I'm going to pray for you later, okay? She is, she's awesome. I'm telling you, listen. Wow. We pray for her in Africa. And I've made videos and I've sent them to them. And here, let me get my notes up here because I don't, I don't want to run out of something to say. That's never happened, but, you know, I even tell Timo, you know, I I need to get my notes up uh, because I don't want to go blank, you know. Uh, Here we go. It's really not so much of what I'm going to say, but that I don't leave anything out. Oh, yes. Where's boots on the ground? Would you all stand up? Boots on the ground. Where are you all at? Man, let me tell you. That's the team right there. I'm telling you, if I ever have to go to war, y'all are going with me, okay? <laughs> we went out and told people about Jesus yesterday. It's really fun. You should try it. Um, but uh, telling people about Jesus is really, uh, it should be just kind of a natural, supernatural thing for all of us. Because out of your, the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks, right? So whatever fills your heart, that's what you're going to talk about. And I'm going to tell you, the world is so ready for Jesus now. Uh, More than I've seen in a long time. And, you know, God has prepared the ground. Do you all know that? I mean, he really had to work hard. (laughs) You know, he had to have COVID, unemployment, 
All these things had to happen because the best time to reach people is in the time of crisis. Did you know that? That's the best time. And so God has set the stage. The world is in a crisis. Hallelujah. That's just like an evangelist, you know what I mean? Uh, when I pastored, people would leave my church because I would tell them, I'm praying for gas to go to $5 a gallon. <laughs> We're almost there. No, I, I've really been praying that because th then everybody's going to start praying. <laughs> you know, the crisis is going to create, man, I, I'm going to go to church Sunday. You know, gas costs too much. <laughs> yeah, Elijah prayed that way. He prayed it stop raining. In an agricultural economy, that's total disaster. So righteous praying is not praying that we always have an abundance. <laughs> I'm praying for a crisis so people get saved. <laughs> I'll have my abundance and glory. Amen. I love you boots on the ground. Y'all are awesome. I want to introduce y'all uh, to some very special people. Am I doing the ringing or do I need to answer it? <laughs> anyway, uh, two really special people in my life. You know, we have built some teams in Africa. So even when I'm here, uh, ministry's happening. I don't have to be there for our Bible school to go on. I don't have to be there for evangelism to happen. So we've raised up, we have about three teams. And, and it's awesome. A great African proverb is if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I like that proverb. And so I've done a lot of my ministry has been alone. And so in Africa, we've built up a team and have a great team. I love this church. I love you. I love you, Harold and Mary Lou. I guess going on. 25 years? Because I've been going to Africa 15. Uh, about 18 years. Because I was with you all when you were un, in the, uh, what was it, Nazarene Church. Wow. So that's, I was younger then. I still look, man, I look the same. He said, he's so spirit-filled. But let me introduce you real quick to uh, Timo. His name is Timothy, Timothy Moray, but I call him Timo. And Timo and Sylvia uh, is a part of our team, and so they go out in the bush with us and stuff. So uh, I want you to meet them if everything works right and talk. Are they up there? Oh, how are y'all? Huh? Oh, there you are. Can you hear me? You can hear me? So, Timo, tell them a little bit, and then after you're done, Sylvia, it's good to see you. I love you so much. You're such a blessing to us. And, and I'll see you all in just a few weeks. Timo, you share. Okay. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Dad and Mom. Uh, everyone there. Here it's in the evening. It's uh, around eight, and I know that it's morning. So good morning. <laughs> Hope 
Hope all of you are good. Uh, my name is Akimo. Uh, I'm the assistant, or I work together with Dora and Michelle here in Kenya, and we've been doing a lot of amazing things here. Uh, we are so blessed to have them because uh, to us, they are not just uh, spiritual parents, especially to me, they are both biological and spiritual. So they are a blessing to me. They, they, they took me when I was, when I didn't have hope, and they've taught me the ways of God. And today, I can go out there and share the word of God with confidence. So thank you so much, Mom and Dad. You know, we love so much here. So I'll just go through a few things that we, we do here in Africa. Uh, so, uh, right now, in this season, we've had a very, very bad drought that has gone up to like three years. We haven't seen rain. And uh, it has been bad because people uh, started, like, there are some parts where we go, few people are already died because of hunger. And um, we, we saw rivers that they, they used to irrigate so that they can maybe plant some food. Those rivers dried up. So um, people have been really struggling. Some people have died because of food. And uh, for the last uh, few months, we've been feeding people. Uh, when we started this year already, we feed more than more than 18,000 plus people. And uh, we're talking about more than 2,800 families that we give out food like every week. And uh, to, that has been really a blessing. And uh, we give food and water. And uh, I believe that you are part of everything that's going on here. And I just want to tell you that we really appreciate that so much. We are, you guys are not just helping or you're not just uh, giving, but you are saving lives because we've seen people die, and now because they have food on their table, uh, we are seeing a lot of progress in the families, even the pastors that we we interact with, the pastors that we interact with, uh, uh, we now give food to their churches, and um, they are doing the, right now because we, we do a Bible Bible school here which consists around 120 pastors. And uh, in June, they'll be graduating 70 pastors in our Bible school. And now we visit their churches. We've been giving out food in those churches. We've been doing evangelism and showing the Jesus well. But the, the good thing is that when you just teach them and they don't have something in it, uh, it's hard. You know, it's hard for them even to understand or, you know, get what we are telling them. But in our Bible school, we are feeding them every day and uh, providing everything that they need at the Bible school. So that makes them come to the Bible school. And we are talking about pastors who are very less privileged. They've never gone to school. They cannot go to any Bible school because there's no Bible school that can accommodate them. Because here for you to go to a Bible school, you have to go to school. You have to have a certificate. But when they come to us, we accept them the way they are and then we start teaching them the word of God and uh, because we are providing everything, the school, they're not paying any fees or anything. We've seen a lot of transformation. We've seen their churches growing when we go there. We've seen things happening that we've never seen before. So uh, I just want to tell you that you are doing a lot here in Africa, things that you can never see with your eyes. 
But I want to tell you that we pray for you every day. And um, more than feeding people, we've sent women to sewing school. The women that have never gone to school, we send them to sewing school. We've bought them sewing machines that now they're using to make an income. Um, we are teaching them to make soap and sell the soap and, uh, so that they can make money. We are teaching them agriculture. We drew a lot of boreholes around and teaching people agriculture so that they can plant food and sell. So it's a lot. Uh, there's a lot of things that are going on here. And it's because of you guys. You've been giving. And whatever you're giving, it's going to good hands. Because dad and mom always give all those, that money here. And we use the money to buy food, uh, drill boreholes, and you, we, have seen, we are seeing a lot of transformation uh, because of you guys. Really appreciate you, and we thank you so much. Uh, lastly, I just want to thank you. I've seen Malia that you've been praying for. Every day we pray for him, and it has been so good to see her there, and we keep on praying for her. Just tell her we love her, and we'll keep praying for her. Thank you so much. Sylvia. Good morning, Pat. <laughs> morning. 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 It's such a blessing and such a joy to be part of you today. And um, I just want to say, Dad and Mark, we love you so much. We really appreciate what you're doing here in Africa. And we miss you. We also miss you. And just to add on to what Pastor Timothy was saying, um, four days ago, about four days ago, the, the weatherman said here in Kenya that it's going to be another season, it's going to be the sixth season straight in Kenya without rain. And already it's so challenging and it's very difficult. But I want to say thank you so much for praying for us. Thank you so much for supporting us. Thank you so much for loving us. And I just want to say, the last week that we were in the Bible school, when we were having the Bible school, one of the pastors, when we were out for lunch, one of the pastors came and told us that uh, in one of the schools, in one of the schools around that area, what happened at lunchtime is that when the children went to queue for food, the parents also came to queue for food. And it, it was a very it was a very sad scenario because to see also parents coming to queue for food, and even the food that was on the ground, some of uh, you know the teacher was telling us some of the food that fell on the ground they were trying to pick it up, and so to have you support and uh, for the Jesus Loves You ministry to be a part of a feeding program to the churches you know and to the families, it makes such a big difference and it's such a blessing because now with the drought and then with the issue of the tribal clashes, the attacks, and I remember one of the pastors that, you know, called Pastor Timothy and said that we need to pray for them because they were attacked. And in fact, one of the pastors lost his two brothers because of the tribal clashes. And so we want to thank you so much Freedom Church for being a part of what Jesus Loves You ministry is doing in Africa. 
truly you are saving lives. And every time they see us go, you see them, they, they, they are so hopeful, you know, and they are so expectant because they have been left at a point where they, they were feeling like there is no hope. So we thank God so much for what you're doing in Africa. It's making a difference. And even it's easier when, when, you, when, when you're preaching to them to be able to receive what God has for them because then they don't have to think about what am I going to eat? What are my, what are my children going to eat? So it, it makes it so much easier to be able to reach out to them. So we thank you so much and we appreciate your love and your support. God bless you. And I'm also so excited to see Malia. We were really praying for you. And just to see you there and standing and hugging dad, we really, we really thank God. And we love you all and thank you so much for praying for us. Amen. Don't go, don't go anywhere, okay? Stay there, because uh, I want you to pray for Malia. I'm going to go over where she is. I don't know if you can see us or not, but Sylvia, would you pray that God would just touch her body today and heal her today? Where is Malia? Oh, yes. I, I love this girl right here. It's the first time I've met her, but I just absolutely love this girl. And, and I believe that she has a long future and uh, all of God's blessings are going to be on her life. Sylvia, would you pray for Malia? Yes, God. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this great testimony, O oh God. We thank you for what you're doing in the life of Maria. We believe that you who have begun a good work in her, you shall be faithful to complete it. And right now, we speak wholeness in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, we thank you because it shall be a living testimony of your healing power, of your touch, and of your great King of glory. We thank you, Lord, and we honor you. Strengthen her, oh God, from the tip of her head to the soles of her feet. Father, we thank you. Give her peace that surpasses all human understanding. Father, we honor you and we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' Amen. name. Healed in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Uh, I love you guys. I'll see you in just a few weeks. Yeah. We love you too. Yes, Dad. And tell Mom we love her so much. Yes, we she... miss her so much. <laughs> She's right here. <laughs> uh, what a team. Amen. Uh, I have another team member. You know, we started off working with the Maasai tribe, but we've just seen so much transformation that now we work with the Sambulu tribe. And so, and it grew from that. So we're working with five different tribes now, uh, very remote tribes. So we work with the Maasai, the Sambulu, the Pokot. Uh, we work with the Drobo and the Turkana tribe. And these are tribes that are very poor, extremely remote, uh, we have a team up in this area. I'll show you in a little bit the geographical area that we cover. And uh, one of our guys is an evangelist. And uh, just incredible. But before I go any further, I, just, I have to do this. Yeah, I'm an evangelist. And uh, I know there's some people here that you've never met Jesus yet. There's just too many of us for all of us to be saved. So, uh, you know, I'm just thinking, I don't want to go any further because I'd like, if you don't know Jesus, to enjoy the rest of the service. <laughs> you know, church is a lot more fun with Jesus 
see, church without Jesus is religious. But church with Jesus is really fun. And so if you're here and you don't know Jesus, you know, just get saved. It's really that easy. Our first trip to Africa, you know, I mean, I've traveled all over the U.S. preaching New York, Florida, Washington State, Southern California, all in between just preaching everywhere and, and doing revivals and crusades. And, and I, I used to beg people to get saved. You know, I'd give an invitation. I'd, Please don't go to hell. You know, some people would look at you like, I'm going to go anyway. <laughs> and, and I did everything to see, you know, Paul said he persuaded men. So I used guilt, fear, manipulation. You know, I tried it all. Listen, if they'd go to heaven, it didn't matter. I mean, there was even a time I paid a few lost people $5 that they would come to a service. And then I go to Africa, and my first invitation, I have my translator. There was about 300 people sitting on the ground underneath a tree, no buildings. And I told him, I said, if you'd like for God to live inside of you, if you'd like the presence of God to be inside of you, I want you to be saved today, so stand up to your feet if you'd like to do that. All 300 stood. So I said, I told my translator, tell him to sit down. And I said, now you, you repeat after me. You know, you got to tell them what I'm saying. Because I knew he mistranslated something. Like, I'm going to give you all a dollar or something. <laughs> so I said, so tell them this. If, if they've never received Jesus as their Savior, if they've never abandoned their life to Jesus Christ, then God doesn't live in them. And God wants to live in you. And life is better with God. It really is. I mean, life without God is really death, but we don't want to go there. But So I told him, if you would like that, stand to your feet. All 300 stood up again the second time. I told him to sit down the second time. Then I tried to talk him out of it. I'm not telling the truth. It was like, you know, if you're going to live for Jesus, it's going to be against your culture, and you're going to lose friends. And now if you want Jesus, stand up. They all stood again. So I'm not going to beg you to go to heaven. <laughs> I don't use like, please don't go to hell. Well, I'm going to live like it to my last day on earth. Then I'm going to get saved. What about daylight savings time? Wouldn't it be bad if you missed it? Forever? I mean, we're not talking a million years. Forever. Anybody want to gamble with forever? So if you're here and you'd like to know Jesus, I'll make it easy on you. I'm not going to embarrass you, call you out, make you come up and give a speech. But I'm going to ask you like I do the Maasai and these other tribes. Would you like to take God home with you? Really, listen, I'm not telling you get saved and your troubles will be gone. But your troubles are a lot better with Jesus. Yeah, they really are. It gives you hope. 
So if you're here, I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. Now you feel safe. (laughs) But if you're here and you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, I mean for real. I'm talking for real. Absolute surrender. Jesus, I want to be all yours. If that's you and you're here, nobody's looking. I want to pray for you. I want you to lift your hand right now. Don't hesitate. Just throw your hand up in the air. Others, real quick. Okay, okay. Any others? Okay. Any others? Real quick. Listen, I'm not going to beg you to go to heaven. Okay? You have a free will. If you want to go to hell, it's your business. Anybody else? Real quick. Lift your hand. You're saying, I'm not sure I'm going to heaven. I'd like to know for sure. Anybody else? Okay, those of you that raised your hand, I want you to say these words from your heart to God. I want you to say, Jesus, I need you. I don't want to do any more life without you. I want to include you in my life right now. And I ask you to forgive me. I confess you as the Lord of my life. And that you've risen from the dead. Take away all my sin. And fill me with your presence. So if you're here and you've prayed that today. And you were serious. Throw your hand up in the air real quick. Don't be shy. Amen. Wow. Awesome. Any others? Let me see. Okay, can I do one more thing? Just just for fun. So I'm going to treat you like the Maasai. So if you prayed that and you're really serious, I just want you to stand to your feet right now. Jump up to your feet if you're serious. So what we do in the prayer. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Stand up to your feet. Awesome. Awesome. Welcome to the family of God. Life is going to get better, huh? Yes. At the end of the service, would you do yourself a favor and come up here? We want to get your information. We're not going to turn it over to the IRS or anything like that, but we want to get your information because, you know, you have to go on. You need to be discipled. You need to be mentored, that type of thing. So if we don't get your information, then we don't know how to connect with you. Does that make sense? And we want to connect with you. There's no ulterior motive behind this other than we want to connect with you. So at the end of the service, come up here, okay? Okay, well, there's three amens, but it's from Harold, Michelle, and Mary Lou. And they don't need to come up. So for those of you that got saved, we're doing this for you, okay? Amen. Well, I love you. Hey, I want to tell you a little bit about me before I tell you about Africa. Uh, You've seen the Jesus Revolution? I got saved in the Jesus Movement. I, uh, I got saved in like the early 70s, and uh, man, I didn't know anything about God or Jesus. I didn't know what they did in church. <laughs> I just knew whatever it was, it wasn't good, because I'd watch them come out, and they didn't look happy. <laughs> and you know, when we'd leave a bar, we were happy. You know, we would always make sure we went to happy hour. (laughs) 
So I figured if church was better than a bar, that people would leave happy. Is that a good conclusion? I mean, you know, if it's so, I would drive by churches after church, and and they just they looked angry. Especially the later it was, <laughs> the angrier they looked. And so, you know, I just I don't know. You know, one guy that I used to do drugs with started telling me about Jesus, and I thought he did too many drugs. I really did. I thought, you know, he's really messed up his brain because he's going around talking about how Jesus lives in my heart. And I used to think, why would he want to live in this thing? You know, why not living in your kidney or your gallbladder? But, you know, because none of that made sense to me, you know, because that's church lingo. And I didn't know church lingo. I mean, I didn't know what they were talking about most of the time. And the songs they sang, you know, I mean, let angels prostate fall. I mean, how cruel can you be? (laughs) And, you know, the words they would use, like justification, glorification, it was like an LSD trip to me, you know? <laughs> but I, do, I knew one word when they'd say convicted. It'd be like, hey! Huh? Boots on the ground. We know what that word means, don't we? <laughs> that means you got caught, you've been busted. Huh? <laughs> so that was the only one I knew. They'd go, well, you've been convicted. It'd be like, I know I have the right to remain silent. Well, so... <laughs> But I went to church and met Jesus in the Jesus movement days. And, you know, we were all hippies, ex-druggies, party animals. And, I mean, we really did. When you see the movie, we freaked the church out. Now, the movie's about California. And they freaked out in the movie. But Texas? <laughs> Ponytails, long hair. Listen, I mean, I look like a Christmas tree walking down the road. (laughs) And uh, I went to church, got saved the first time I heard the gospel preached. And I was strung out on drugs, uh, speedballs, cocaine, and heroin. I was facing seven years in the penitentiary in Louisiana. And... uh, and I had a miracle deliverance. How my addiction just fell off of me. I don't know that God does that for everybody. I think he knew he had to do it for me. You know, back in, in the day, it was just say no to drugs. I wish it was that easy. <laughs> just say no. That's like an alcoholic saying no to alcohol. <laughs> I, I really think it takes a work of God. And God did a miracle in my life. Uh, I mean, a year later, he called me to preach. And I'd only read Matthew and Luke and, I think, Acts. And he called me to preach. My first sermon, if you've seen the movie, was Jonah. That was the guy's first sermon in the movie. And the blue car, I had one of those. Yes, yeah. And if you didn't pray over it, you weren't going nowhere. I'm, I'm telling the truth. And the man, the, the girlfriend's father, 
That was her daddy. <laughs> I am not joking. I mean, I mean, I was like, you know, how are you going to take care of my daughter? I said, faith. <laughs> you know, I just don't think he had the revelation yet. But anyway, uh, it was really something. The Jesus Movement days. You know, there was a singer back in the day, Andre Crouch. And I've thought this so many years. I've been saved 50 years now. So many years I've thought this song, Take Me Back. Take me back. Take me back, dear Lord, to the time when I first believed. You know, when you're born again in the fire, you can never settle for the smoke. That's the truth. And I was born again in the fire of the Jesus movement. And, and I've been looking for it ever since then. I really have. And that, that's a part of why I'm in Africa. Because I got tired of reading Acts and not seeing Acts. You know, I wanted to be more than just a Bible scholar. I wanted to be a Bible character. I didn't want to learn it. I wanted to live it, like you're saying. You know, I didn't want to have to look back to where all that stuff happened. It's like, I, I want to go on and see more happen. Yes. And then things start happening here again. Osbury. And, 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 you know, before the movie came out, I was researching the Jesus movement. Then the movie came out. Osbury happened. Before all of this was stirred up, I was looking into it. And uh, I tried to figure out what started the Jesus movement. And I don't think anybody has the answer. I, I, this is what I think happened. I think right before the Jesus movement, God took a deep breath. And on the Jesus movement days, he blew on and his presence. Because back in the Jesus movement days, it wasn't about theology, because our theology was horrible. It wasn't about theology. It wasn't about doing stuff right, because we didn't know what was right. We were just a bunch of hippies saved out of the drug scene. And uh, we didn't even know what revival was. Jesus movement was normal to us. Because we had known dead religion. We got saved in the fire. And so I think what's happened right now, what's going on in the United States is a, I think God has just taken a deep breath. <sighs> kind of like Pentecost. And when he went like a rushing mighty wind. Next thing, 3,000 saved, 5,000 saved. So I think we're in that phase of God taking a deep breath. So get ready. Get ready for another Jesus movement. But let me tell you, the thing about the Jesus movement that's happening, even at Osbury, it's not about preaching. It's, not, it's just about the presence. That's all it's about. It's like, you know, you can't drive them out. You can't make them leave. We had an eight-week revival at a church where I pastored. And, and man, we, we'd tell them, you have to go now. It's 10 o'clock. They wouldn't listen to me. 
They'd stay till one in the morning. These are people that had to go to work. They just wanted to be in the presence. And, and, and people were falling out everywhere. You know, and, and I got concerned. I thought, what if he fell out? And out of these 20 people, he really had a heart attack. And we're thanking God. Look at old Joe. <laughs> He's been down there for an hour. Well, he's out of a heart attack. You know, that's what I used to think as a pastor. Like, do I need to go and check the pulse of everybody laying out? <laughs> this one's okay. <laughs> you know? Let me tell you, when God moves, don't try to control it. Controlling a move of God is like controlling the wind. You can't do it. Amen? Amen. Well, I want to move on. That's why I have notes. (laughs) But I don't want, if you're here and you're sick and you need to be healed, I don't want you to go home sick. I'm just a man. I'm not sure God wants you to go home sick. You know, I've never prayed that on my children. (laughs) Oh, God, make my son sick. So I just think God wants to touch you today. So if you need to be healed, raise your hand. Let me see. Anything. I don't care what it is. Amen. Stand to your feet. Hey, listen. We see so much healing. They know. The team knows. We see so much healing. Blind eyes open. Lame people walking. It's, I don't, we don't even count the healings anymore. There's too many. And it's not me. It's just the Holy Spirit. And, and it's really about how much he loves you. See, I think if you can get a revelation of how much Father God loves you, healing is much easier. You know, so you got to get rid of the guilt and all of that stuff. You know, you got to drop it all off and just let God touch you. So I want to pray for you and just receive his healing. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that you're here. As though you were here physically, that is how present you are. So God, you know every sickness, every disease. And I pray right now you would just walk past them and touch them right now. Touch every one of them right now. And bring that healing into their body. As they stand there, as they sit there, God. I know your love for them is so phenomenal. We can't put words to it. And I just pray that you touch them right now and with a miracle, with a miracle. And you're feeling something happen in your body. That's God healing you. If you can, t- listen, I want you to test it. If it's your back, I want you to lean over. If it's your shoulder, I want you to move your arm. I want you to do something that you couldn't do. I want you to do something that you couldn't do before. Maybe it hurt. Maybe it's sore, so you need to push in certain places. Just whatever you need to do to confirm his healing. How many of y'all, something's happening? Just wave your hand. Something's happening in your body right now. Let me see. Amen. 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 God bless you. Amen. Any others? You can feel God doing something. I see people testing their shoulders. Amen. In Jesus' name. Anyone else? Amen. Wave your hand if you sense something's going on, some changes is happening in your body. Thank you, Father, for your healing. None of this is a challenge to you, God. (laughs) And I think we're going to get to heaven one day and realize we missed out on so much because we limited how big you were. 
So, God, I thank you for healing everybody that really wanted to be healed in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Let me say this for uh, Freedom Fellowship, what all you've done in Africa. Listen to me. You heard Timo and, and Sylvia. <clears throat> you've built churches. We've been going there for 15 years. I think in 15 years we've got maybe 40 churches uh, over a huge landmass. And uh, not all of those pastors are, are with me or under our ministry. You know, we have Don Babin Evangelistic Association here in the U.S., but we have a, a ministry recognized by the Kenyan government called Jesus Loves You Ministry. And we began planting churches, and we told them, you can't be under us. I didn't, you know, because they'd say, you know, are you a bishop? <laughs> you know, they love titles there. And so they all come up to me, and they'd go, are you a bishop? And I'd go, oh, no, mm -mm. I'm much higher than a bishop. <laughs> I really do this. Oh, you're an apostle. I go, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Oh, what are you? And I tell him, well, I'm going to tell you, but you're going to have to really mature in the Lord to get to my level of leadership. Some of you aren't ready for it yet. But my title is a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, you know, that's the title Jesus took. He was never Pastor Jesus, Prophet Jesus, Apostle Jesus. He was the servant Jesus Christ. So that's the high calling. Amen. And so y'all have built churches, and I tell people, I don't want you to be under me. I don't, I don't, I'm not looking to build a kingdom. I'm just out here because Jesus sent me here. And then they finally said, well, well then we're not going to be under anybody. I said, no, you have to pick somebody to be under. And nope, we're just going to be under ourselves. If you're not going to, we can't be under you. So I accepted one. And then it went to, I don't know how many, I don't even want to count uh, how many churches are under me now. But I do know that we have over a hundred pastors in our Bible school. And... Uh, you know, I wasn't going there. Listen, when we went to Africa 15 years ago, I, I had left the pastorate. Mm, I felt that. <laughs> I left the pastorate after 14 years. You know, when I was pastoring before, I never believed in purgatory. But now I do. <laughs> so, so when I was... While I was pastoring, uh, I don't even know what I was going to say. <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, when we went to Kenya, we had big ministry and traveling and pastoring. And I said, I'm a, so I went to Kenya, I accepted the call. Michelle accepted it. That was hard. And we, I went to Kenya because I just didn't want anything big. You know, I just wanted to preach under a tree to 20 people and leave and, and, you know, go back to another 20 and see people saved. And that was it. And I didn't know we were going to have a Bible school and 40-something churches. A, I mean, 100 pastors in Bible school and drilling water wells, teaching agriculture. But, you know, all of the things that we do, you're a part of that. You really are on the other side of the world. I want you to get this. 
You have a Bible school in East Africa. You have 40 churches in East Africa. You have water wells in East Africa and gardens in East, East Africa and chicken projects and all of these ministries to the widows. And you've done that. There's no way we could have done it without your help. So you've been a big part, a major part. As a matter of fact, our truck, we have our truck because of you. You know, without that truck, we can't go where we go. <clears throat> but let me just show you some things that you're, that you're doing. We'll just go to the first slide. And that's typical what we do in the bush. That's, that's church. It's so nice, you know. It's just kind of cool. Those are ways you can follow us if you want to. Go to the next slide. So I wanted to give you an idea of the territory that we cover. So... Uh, Texas, the state of Texas is bigger than Kenya, Africa. So the circles, that's the areas that we work. This is Mount Kilimanjaro. It's down here. It's the third largest mountain in the world. And then up here. So this is like the Maasai territory. And then you go way up here, and that's the Samburu, the Pokot, the Drobo, and the Turkana tribes. So you can see we have a huge landmass that we cover. I mean, it's like... You know, when we go up north, we have a team. That's where our evangelist Daniel is up there. And we have like churches in the Pakort tribe. We have a church in the Dorobo tribe. We're planting churches in uh, the Turkana tribe. And when he goes, and when I've gone with him, listen to this. I've talked to people and we tell them about Jesus and they say, who? They've never heard the name Jesus. The Pakort tribe is 99% unreached. Can you imagine that? Listen, and you can go to the Pocot and they know what Coca-Cola is. But they don't know who Jesus is. Because Coca-Cola's done a better job marketing uh, their a soda drink than Christians have the gospel. And so we go up there. Daniel was up there not long ago, and he went to area they've never heard the gospel, and he's telling these elders about Jesus, and the elders said this to him. Now, this Jesus you speak about, is he a politician running for a government? And 12 of those elders gave their life to Jesus, and uh, we're planning a church there now. So, you know, those are just some of the things that the territory that we cover, the thousands and thousands of people that we reach. Next slide. So, you know, there's a terrible drought and, well, you know, we've been feeding the churches. You have to use a lot of wisdom to feed people at this time because tribal warfare can break out, jealousy can break out, pirates will come and steal the food. I mean, you just have to really, so we would send our food sometimes at night and they would call their friends and they would come and get, and then God told me, I wish you would think like I did. And I thought, well, I thought I was. And he said, no, you see, I fed them all. The 5,000, I didn't send the ones that didn't know me away and just feed the ones that were my followers. And when I hear you, God, but I don't know if you understand how much money that's going to cost. <laughs> you know, that's the first thing the disciples said. When he said, feed them, they said, do you know how much? And so I told him that. And so anyway, we stepped out in faith. And I mean, just last, the last couple of months of last year, 
uh, we had fed 23,000 people. Already we fed 18,000, 20,000 this year. And uh, we're sending enough food for the whole village. I mean, that's what's awesome. And, and I told our team to, you know, to not go with the food and preach. That's hard. I'm an evangelist. But you don't go to starving people and use food to trick them into the kingdom. I said, listen, they're hungry, just feed them. Just give them food. They know it comes from Jesus Loves You Ministry. They already know that. Let's feed them. The harvest is coming down the road. After they've been fed and the rains come, we're going to show up. I know we're going to see literally thousands of people come to Christ. So let's go to the next slide. This is uh, the, the Drobo tribe. They're on their face praying for rain. You can see how dry it is. It's just a desert. It's an absolute desert. And uh, there are several photos that they've taken. This is just one area where they're on the ground, on their face praying. Next slide. Uh, this, is some, this is Daniel. He's the evangelist. Awesome, awesome man of God. Uh, you can just tell how hungry they are. I mean, and here's the thing. I know these people. It's one thing if it's nobody you know, but when they're your friends and they're hungry. Next slide. So the, all the water's dried up, so we have to send water trucks. They're drinking water from places that it's just green, where the elephants and the wildlife has done everything in it, and it's not drinkable for a human. And so uh, we send water trucks out so they can fill their containers. Next slide. More food. Next slide. Uh, this is an area that I don't know if a poor person can be really poor. But this is probably one of the poorest areas that we've been. We built that church and uh, we're feeding them. They even called Timo and said, please, please, we beg you, send us food. Uh, they, they say, the mamas say this, it's hard to go to sleep listening to your children cry because they're hungry. Next slide. <clears throat> this is a lady, she gave me some beads because uh, we had done a garden there. We drilled a water well there. We started a store that door over there is a store where the pastor can make money. Uh, so we've done a lot for this area. Next slide. More food. Next slide. Here's a video. The guy says in the video, this was a long time ago, that nobody's died, but many have died since then. You can see how dry it is. It is a, a big drought. We have won a lot of our cows, which is our livelihood. What we have to thank God, we have no one who has died out of drought. But many cows have died. We got uh, food through our uh, 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 that door. We got food several times. We have seen the hand of dawn helping us. Uh, Many people have really been given food this, during this drought. You know, we are in the midst of the Maasai land, whereby 
we are 101 kilometers, many kilometers away from the Bible schools. So many of our pastors had never even go to Bible school, despite the fact that they are preaching. You see, we are having many churches all over, but many pastors have never gone to school. But by this Bible That's school, our Bible school. Many of us are, have access to the Bible school, access to materials. You know, we get very quality teachings, whereby we have never had elsewhere. I have really uh, having the desire of going to a Bible school for many years. But I have never had an opportunity because they are so far away from us. Thank God has, God has had and seen my desire. Especially uh, more so as a woman. I got very good results. I am one of the people who has never gone to school. You can see me through even my ears. You see that I am an old man. Uh, we are just intimate with the Don. But when he came, we get a lot of blessing through them. One of them that the blessing got through them. We got a very good teaching that has helped our souls. They, they met him when he was just a warrior. He was practicing Muranism. He was a Muran who was even pleated his ears. They preached the word of God to them. I believe Jesus and I become a believer when I become a friend with Jesus and they saw me a change man they bought me a, a, a motorbike for, for evangelism now, now I am a servant of God that is serving God they met him at a place called Chili Chili uh, they build the church, they, they, they go uh, drink uh, God has really done a lot in that place, in that village. Recently, they, they, bring, they brought food for the people of that place. God has really uh, blessed us through them. Uh, I thank them uh, a lot. Even the, the, the team, the partners, and the friends of the Salah Ministry. Thank you because of all these things that you have done for us. We used to have a, a drinking a very poor and a very dirty water. Now we are having a very clean water that drinking clean water. Whereby it has no problem. So we are having a, a, a fresh drinking water through them. Thank you so much. Even that what you're using for agriculture, the, 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 the benefit we got from them through that water. We are getting money. Uh, that place. And even in the whole of that village is benefiting from drinking that water. Even the school that that's nearby, they are even taking water to that from that bowl. Now here they are sharing something. So we are thinking, thank you so much.
That's what you've done, Freedom Fellowship. That's what you've done. You've drilled water, boreholes. You, you've done the food. You've done all that. What's the next slide? There comes a time when we heed a certain call, when the world must come together as one. There are people dying, oh, when it's time to lend a hand to life, the greatest gift of Thank you very much, uh, USA. Thank you, uh, Don and Michelle, my friends. Thank you because of the support. You supported us with a lot of food in my island. As we know that there is a lot of drought and farming here where so many uh, cows die. But thank you for your support. We have distributed food. We want to thank you what you appreciate, what you are doing in this summer community. May the Lord remember you. Thank you very much. God bless you. God bless Don and Michelle. God bless the UN. Amen. God bless you, Freedom Fellowship. <laughs> I'll go quick. What's the next one? That's our Bible school. We give them literature even though half can't read, but they like to take it home. Next one. We did a conference and we brought a bunch of them After into town. years of coming here to Kenya and working with the Maasai and the Dorobo and Samburu and now the Pokot and the Turkana, uh, we've begun to see major transformation. And uh, a part of that transformation, an important part, is to get the word into them. And so we've been doing a conference for three days with pastors from Samburu, Dorobo, and the Maasai. We've bussed them in. We've, we've had to hire buses. We've brought them in, we've been here three days, and the transformation is incredible. We've seen healing taking place for those who are sick. We've seen them going to another level. So for the last three days, it has been a very, it has been amazing, it has been good. And we thank God as we finish today, man, there's a high spirit. And we trust God that these pastors are going back to do the great commission that God commissioned them to do the testimonies that we're hearing of how their lives are changing and they're breaking away from their culture and embracing the kingdom culture even more. Every time you fellowship together with them, you grow and you see a turnaround and you see what God is doing in their life. So it's been a life-changing experience for us and we thank God for this opportunity to be in the conference, just to be imparted and also to impart in our lives what God is doing in this new season. It's just a a joy and a delight for God to use Michelle and I and our team here uh, to see cultural change, to see people move away from their culture of hundreds of years and embrace the culture that's going to bless them and, and bring transformation, which is the kingdom culture. What a blessing to do what we do. Thank you for making it possible. So, you know, our vision has always been Total tribal transformation. So we're not just about people getting saved. We're about transforming their culture to a kingdom culture. Do you understand what I'm saying? So how you do marriage, how you treat your children, it's totally different there.
You know, they beat their wives. That's just a part of being a man there. Uh, the women are almost cursed. If you're a widow, there's a curse of God on your life. They don't even want you to come to church. Uh, we've had pastors almost get in fights in our Bible school over the fact that they would let a, a widow woman come to church. So we had to teach on that. We had to teach them to hold hands with their wife or wives. And, uh, you know, we even taught them to kiss their wife on the cheek. And that was like major culture change. So, you know, we're having to teach. We're having to shift cultures. And, and you know, when I just want to say this, you know, when we went to Africa, we went through what's called culture shock. Because there was a different language. They were dressed different. They were eating different. I mean, we were like, it was, we were in culture shock for several days. Because we went from the American culture to the Maasai culture, and there was nothing the same. And when that happened to me, that culture shock, I thought to myself, why don't we in America have culture shock when we shift from the American culture to the kingdom culture? Shouldn't we go through culture shock? I did. I had to learn a new language. Justification, glorification, convicted, you know. A new kind of music. You know, songs that were written in the 1700s, 1800s in the hymnal. You know, I was more of a Jimi Hendrix guy, you know. But I went through culture shock. And I really don't have the answer for this, but I don't know why when somebody gets born again in America that we don't go through culture shock. That we don't go, wow, I'm surrounded by a whole different culture. So total tribal transformation is helping them to shift. And I've learned some of the Maasai language. So now if total tribal transformation in the Maasai language is Inkabele Kenyata Ola Shotela Lungata. And if I want to say praise the Lord, it's Messias Oling. <laughs> and so when I preach, I'll preach some in, in the Maasai language and it freaks them out. You know, because it's like a white guy speaking their mother tongue. And they're like, you know, I see the children. It's like, Indus Upanakara. And they go take off running. It's like, oh my God, this... This white man just spoke my language. It freaks them out. I mean, they really run. We have to buy candy to trick them to come close enough to hug them. Even though they've named their children after us, I can't even hug myself. They've named their children after Michelle. You know, I mean, it's like they just freak out that we know their language. And here's the biggest thing that we've done. The biggest thing people always ask, what's the, the biggest thing that you've done that's brought transformation? We've loved them. We just loved them. With all the dirt, with all the poverty, with all of the weird practices of their culture, we just got in the middle of them and just started loving them, kind of like what Jesus did for us. He just got in the middle of us and started loving us. And this is some of the transformation that you're seeing. Let's see what the next one is, and then I'll let you go. I don't know if I told you this story. These are Moran warriors. You know the big, the ears? When they're young, they start doing that to their ears because that's a sign you're a warrior. You know, that you never went to school and they usually hook them up above their head. And So the warriors were getting saved. When they get saved, they, they drink the blood of the cow. They do a lot of weird demonic stuff. And when they get saved, they shave their head and they do some other things to tell the church, we've really been saved. We've renounced the culture of the Moran, the warrior. And so we were in this area, and they were all getting saved. So these warriors are getting saved, shaving their head. I'd do the Jesus film, present one of them with their head shaved. And Well, I showed up one day, and there was about 30 warriors like this. 
Matter of fact, they were some of them. And I'm walking around and these 30 warriors are following me. About 30 to 50 yards away watching me. And so I'm, look, I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, oh, praise God, they're going to all get saved. I didn't know they were mad at me. You know, I'm just thinking, oh, God's setting them up to be born again. Y'all just keep following me, you know. And that night we showed the Jesus film. There's about 300 people sitting on the ground. We have the screen on the side of our truck out in the middle of nowhere. And, and uh, I had a Moran come out and he had shaved his head. And when he stepped out, all 300 people jumped up and ran. And I'm standing there like there must be an elephant here, or a lion. So I'll let them take care of the elephant and then they'll come back and we'll give an invitation. So I waited and they all came back. And when they came back, uh, I gave an invitation and we left. We went back several months later and these guys and about 25 others met us. And they said, we have to talk to you. Last time you were here, we came to get you and Michelle. Probably to kill us. And they said, when we charged the camp where you were, that's when everybody ran. They saw the warriors on like a war path, so it scared them, so they ran. So I'm standing there, and they told us this. When we charged the camp, something knocked every one of us on the ground, and we could not get up. And the lead warrior said, we need to know the God of this white man. One of them today is a pastor of a church. So these guys are my friends now, and they've shaved their heads, and there's new Morans waiting to get saved. <laughs> so it's just so much fun. Next slide. Of course, my father-in-law didn't think it was fun, but <laughs> I tried to hide it from him for a while, but he follows me on Facebook. Uh, so this is an area that, this is in the drought, but we drilled a borehole. We drilled a water well there. Look what a drought looks like where we can drill a well. Is that beautiful? Next slide. This is the little SD cards. I got to show this. Thank you very much. I really I thank God because of this. My brothers, they have been our fathers and our sponsors. We have met again. This have, the SD card have helped us so much. This memory card has been very, very, very important. We are going to give to the church members. Not only the safe people, even from the community who are not in the church members. And this memory card, many people got safe. Amen. Amen. They are safe because of this. Listen to this, the card. So it is a. It has been a blessing. This is a very great thing. And it is okay, the good. work of God. We thank you very much. Thank you. Amen. God bless you. We do so many other things. I mean, I, I'd be here a week telling you what we do, but many of them are illiterate, so they can't read. And so we, we have the recorded Maasai language. It's audible. And they can put that in their cell phones. They have these little Nokia phones, and they can hear the New Testament. And it, people are being saved just listening to the SD card. And, and I used to say, I used to say, but somebody corrected me. I used to say, can you imagine they're getting saved without a preacher? 
And this guy said, what? The New Testament, they're preachers. I mean, they're here in the best, <laughs> you know, the Apostle Paul, you know. So we're saying, I mean, it's just so incredible what you're a part of, Freedom Fellowship. People groups are changing. Entire people groups. Other people are begging us to come and to minister to them. Listen, it's spreading like wildfire. I mean, we're seeing already this year, I don't know how many people, last year we saw 2,300 saved. The year before, about 4,400 people saved. I mean, tens of thousands of people are going to be in heaven because of this church. And you're going to meet them one day. One day you're going to be in heaven and they're going to come running up to you and say, thank you. Thank you for what you did. I'm in heaven because you sent Don and Michelle out in the middle of nowhere. You're going to get your thanks one day in heaven. Man, we love y'all. This has always been a special church to us. Always will be. I love you, Harold, Mary Lou, for your friendship, your encouragement. I mean, you've encouraged us so many times when it's like, how are we going to do this? You know, uh, I want to feed more people. Matter of fact, I'll feed the nation if God lets me. <laughs> the government's not. But if you've made that decision to come to Christ, make sure you come to the front, Harold.